there, very dear people. I'm Kim Stewart, and I'd just like to thank you for joining me today on For Real. Today, I get the chance to chat with a woman who had a crazy idea that made a lot of people give her the side eye, but she stuck with it, and boy, did it work. Stephanie Nelson is the coupon mom, or coupon mom, if you're from the East Coast, evidently. Stephanie took her love of clipping coupons. I didn't even know there was a love like that. And she turned it into millions of dollars worth of donated groceries and a lot of really happy people who saved money for their families. My husband, Mark, is the deal ninja at our house. And let's just say he tips his clearance rack hat to Stephanie. She is the master. And her heart is to help people find their own superpower and use it for good. I think you will love hearing from coupon mom, author, and queen of deals for a good cause, Stephanie Nelson. Stephanie Nelson, welcome to For Real. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, I just love having you here. Um, We were just laughing about um, the travails of having conversations quietly in our home with other people in our home. And I would also add, I have a mini schnauzer who is currently in his kennel because he, as Mark says, uses his voice. (laughs) So there you go. We We will both hope to get through this without any interruptions, shall we? You have a schnauzer. I have a retired husband. (laughs) You you just have to go with it. (laughs) That's very diplomatic. Okay, Stephanie, we met at the Oaks a couple of years ago already, I think. two years ago. Exactly. Is that right? Okay, well, I knew right away upon meeting you, this is before you wrote the book, but I knew right away that you would be up for anything and also that you would be able to amass a crew of people who would do it with you. And my <laughs> first question for you is, were you always the kid who rallied the troops? Have you always been able to encourage organizational enthusiasm? Because this is a big part of your story. Well, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. I would say there's a word for that. It's called obnoxious. <laughs> and um, yeah, I always oh. sort of have been like that, you know, organizing the club in the neighborhood. I remember being in third grade, I had a great idea. We okay. were going to have a club and I just as I said myself, the presidency. Sure. Of course. No election. <laughs> and I had a dues and I wrote oh. it all up. Everyone was going to pay dues. And then we were going to combine our money and buy candy at the swimming pool. I thought it was a great club. Um, didn't get a lot of participation, but you know, that's <laughs> the thing with leadership. It doesn't always work out. You have to move on to the next project. <laughs> it's a great story. And I am not having any difficulty imagining that as a little petite younger version of Stephanie Nelson. Here's the thing for our listeners who do not already know you, you have a moniker, which is the coupon mom or coupon. Are you a coupon or couponer? It depends on the part of the country. I learned quickly. It's coupon without, you know, the Q sound. Yeah. If you're in the Northeast. Okay. And it's coupon where I grew up in the Mm -hmm. Midwest. Yeah. Same. So remind me where you grew up. I, I grew up in Colorado. Okay. And that's not the Midwest. Originally okay. Iowa. Originally Iowa. Okay. So, yeah. And I have an idea for you, which we'll talk about later. Okay. But the um yeah, See? so that's what I I'm saying. President an of the you. club. <laughs> <laughs> and but it is funny. So I switched to coupon. No kidding. The first time I went on national TV, I got so many e- mean messages from people saying that I was saying 
coupon wrong. I was saying coupon. Okay. And first of all, you just I, mentioned multiple regions of the country where we do say coupon. So I feel yeah, like those yeah. emails were not merited. Well, no, because the Boulder people live in those certain parts of the country yeah. and they were free to send the emails. The Midwest people, they didn't send anything. <laughs> we're too busy clipping our coupons. Oh, that's so, awesome. Anyway, yes. So, so you can say it however you'd like. I say coupon. Because well, I now take that pressure. I know that there is a battle. I will stake my flag in the home of the Midwest and say coupon. You yeah. are the coupon mom, which <laughs> is such a sweet, almost homespun idea. The coupon mom. But I'm going to say you are sweet with a kick. You have 8 million subscribers to coupon over, mom. Over time. Over time. Over time. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that. Hundreds, hundreds of national media segments. You've raised million. You've garnered, I guess, millions of dollars worth of groceries donated to food pantries over the last 20 years, which was a huge heartbeat of this. I want to tell you, want you to tell us just a little bit of how this story started because you write about it in your book, which is fascinating. I want you to just help people who have not met you, Coupon Coupon Mom. Okay. How did it all begin? Well, and I'll tell you what, this it's the kind of thing, it's one step at a time. Yeah. Nobody sees this whole big thing. I certainly didn't see it. And it was, now it's been 23 years. I um, had two little kids, three and five. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm on a tight budget because stay-at-home mom was never in our financial management plan. Uh -huh. It wasn't until I had a baby that I thought, this isn't, I want to be home. So got good at saving money, did the grocery coupons. And I went to uh, hear a speaker on prayer. She had written this great book. I had read it. She was in our local area. It was at a different church. I was so excited. I paid my 10 bucks for the ticket. I sat front row center. I got to hear her, Becky Tirabasi. And she challenged the group, super inspirational. She said, if there is something you love to do, pray about how you can use that to help other people. And if you can do that equation, you've come up with God's exciting plan for your life. And I left there with a three and a five-year-old. And honestly, yeah, my thing was, I love to use grocery coupons. And I don't mean just to use grocery coupons. I was that lady in line you didn't want to be behind. <laughs> she had the free cart, $100 of groceries for nothing. But um, I started praying about it every day. I bought her prayer journal because that would make those prayers work better. I sure, buy a product. Die day 11, seriously, I'm in church. And the bulletin had an appeal. For our local food pantry, they were out of food. I didn't even know we had a hunger issue, right? We're in a suburb. I'm, I was so naive. And there was a list of items they needed, and every single one was a coupon item. And so I just thought this would be fun. So I go to the grocery store. The next day, I get $60 of groceries for $10. And that was my light bulb moment. And I thought, I am going to go share this brilliant idea with the director of the food pantry. And here's what happened. I sat in the food pantry for half an hour with the clients of the food pantry who were mothers just like me with kids just like mine. They were just in a different situation and it broke my heart. The director couldn't see me. She was too busy seeing clients. I went to my car. I can still remember just crying in my car. Like, how did I not know this was going on? This is what God wants me to do. This is the equation. And so I started buying groceries every day for charity. And I figured out after several weeks, I could not solve the problem myself. And so I was obnoxious. I invited women to my home, sat around my kitchen table. I taught them how to do this. And it grew and it grew and it grew. 
And I just would not be quiet about it. And that's the thing. That's the reason I wrote the book. I wanted my sons to understand this. You know, if you have a passion and a vision and it really is going to help people, don't apologize. Just try to communicate it. I really believe, Kim, that if everyone in the country was buying food for charity with these coupons, 99% of coupons are thrown away. It made perfect sense to me. If we could just teach people how to do this, what could happen? And that drove me. It kept me up awake at night. You shouldn't have asked me this question because even 23 years later, I feel this way about it. Mm, And mm. you know what? It was a gift that God gave me. I got to do this thing that I still believed in, and it ended up helping people in many other ways. They learned how to save money on their own groceries. I didn't see that as an outcome because people said they didn't want to do it. And I realized it's not that they didn't want to, they just didn't know how. Right. Well, first of all, I despise collecting coupons. So um, that you got me to ask that question and be interested is a coup. And second of all, the way you write about this in in your new book called Imagine More, that you just described the heartbeat of the book. Yes, it's this fantastic story of how um, you grew some little seedling into something that helps so many people. But I love the angle that you thought, well, what do I love to do? I think that's where people get really tripped up. You know, we most speakers who come or people with whom we intersect or, you know, people who have lots, you know, kind of louder voices typically have the same skill set, you know, writing, speaking, tap dancing, being on Broadway, being in a show. You know, those people get a lot of the spotlight, which how happy for them that that is their gifting. But I love it that you came with hands open and said, actually, I'm really good at groceries. I'm real good at that. I love that because that hits us all where we live. Well, and I wanted it to hit my sons. I mean, as parents, we write our stories for our kids, really. And I wanted them to know it can be as trivial as this. Yeah. You know, I, I, I say, if God can do something with the idea of using grocery coupons, my gosh, he can surely do something with what you love to do. I love that. Have you, I have to ask, have your sons drunk this Kool-Aid? I know that's not a great phrase because we're talking about groceries, but yeah. I'm not going to say they're big coupon users. They certainly (laughs) know about it, but I'll tell you what, Kim, the happiest thing, I have a 30 year old son and he read the first chapter and he called me up and he said, mom, I think I want to go back to church. And, you know, you could just stop right there. For me, that was like, because the idea of the book for me is no matter what, is how can we point people to God? That's what happened to me over this 20-year journey. I got so much closer to God because I felt like I was doing what he wanted me to. And then there are these unexpected, wonderful outcomes, you know, the people that reach out to you. And, and I just felt like he was using me and he was using just me, you know, the mom with no money. No technical experience. I had no business having a website. I didn't know anything. I can't even work the remote control of the TV. My kids always say, Mom, it's so hard to believe that you have a website. I'm like, <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? But he could fit. He sent people, you know, I have um, I have this concept that as I was writing the story, I realized I saw all these people that had come into the story. And 
I realized there were actually four specifically. If they hadn't stepped into the story, it would not have ended up being 8 million people. It would have been me and those ladies in the neighborhood avoiding me. (laughs) I was bugging him. And I called them pivotal people. And what fascinated me in writing that was not only were they pivotal, but they were being pivotal doing something that was super easy for them. Mm. Now think about it. How many opportunities do we have in our life to be pivotal to other people? And that's exciting. And that gets you to look for it. That gets you to listen. Kim, I, I met you because you were this fabulous teacher at writing workshops and she's a coach. I can't imagine how many people you've been pivotal with, but you would say, well, that's easy because that's what you do. Right. But it's not easy for everyone. So I don't know, it kind of gave me an awareness. I'm turning 60 in a few days. I say that about 17 times a day to get used to it. Yeah. (laughs) But like at this point in life, we have an opportunity, I think, to be pivotal people more often. Mm, Yeah. And the idea that you're already swimming in those waters is so compelling, right? That God already wired you to be good at these things. You're not having the folks that helped you with the website, the people who helped you talk, you talk about a wonderful publicist you had that, I mean, who knows how to do that stuff? Well, Nanette knew how to do it. That's what I love about this, that, that God is very clear, I think, in saying to us, you're really good at this. I am very good at saying, but what about that? Shouldn't I be better at that? Um, And your story is such a great example of how you chose the better thing. Um, I want to ask you about breaking big goals into bite-sized pizzas. There's this point in the book where you say the overall 20-year journey with Coupon Mom, Coupon Mom, ended up being a big thing, but I never did a big thing at once. I just did a couple of little things each day that added up to a big thing over time. I want to ask you about that because you also say in the book that an hour a day is about what you need to become an expert in a field. And an hour feels a lot better than 23 years. And little things feel more doable than big things. So talk about that. Well, that's right. I mean, it's you can look at anything in retrospect and you can see it so clearly. Of course, at the time I didn't. I can remember um, my kids would go to school I would do all this data entry, and then I would have a list of people I would try to call. And I initially, what I was doing was I was trying to give the idea away to a company or an organization or a nonprofit organization who would be more capable of launching this idea than me. And I had a very compelling presentation. And people were nice. <laughs> if to I me. might say, president. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got I got to like presidents of companies. I mean, they would give me an audience and awesome. and they were so nice. They would say, this isn't in our business plan, but how can we help you? And so that's that's one of the things I say in the book. Don't be shy about saying how you can be helped. So when you talk about taking small steps, it's a small step to call someone and ask for an appointment. It's a small step to meet with them. It's a small step to say, well, gosh, it would be nice if you could give me free advertising. And there's a company who gave me millions of dollars of free advertising. I started this website with $35, Kim. We had no extra money. It was so small steps and I'll, plenty of small steps I took didn't work. Right. I'm not saying they're all going to work. Sure. But an hour a day, what's an hour a day? An hour a day is sending messages on Instagram to people who might be able to help you. An hour a day is, you know, watching a video to learn about your field. An hour a day is reading a book. Hey, I have a great book you can read. It's called Imagine More. (laughs) 
for example. <laughs> right. So those things all combine. I think that is such a great part of your story that you didn't stop everything, farm out every person in your life, hire a chef and devote yourself. This was bit by bit. This was Everest climbed one step at a time. That's right. And also here's the thing is that you just pointed this out. I met other business owners, other women who were starting websites who were trying to do a whole lot at once. So, okay. So it took me three years before I got the turning point, you know, for, for scaling, for getting bigger. Most people would give up on a business before three years. Other people I met because they were, they were putting too much pressure on themselves to be Mm -hmm. successful faster. Mm -hmm. So I want people to understand that lots of times incubation Mm. works well. So I know people who spent $65,000 out of their personal savings to build a database that their website went out of business. People who spent other people's money, people who were, you know, spent a lot of money on advertising and it all just went up in smoke and their businesses went away. And the funny thing is, is that so much is timing. Had my website gotten bigger two years sooner, it wouldn't have taken off. It was all timing, sadly, that we hit the recession. By the time our website was capable of handling traffic was the exact moment that the recession happened. Right. So had I gotten, you know, big a few years earlier, I wouldn't have had a ready audience. That's my point. So that's, that's why it's a God story. I couldn't have orchestrated all that. Right. You were not, you are very capable, but you were not in charge of the recession. Right. So we do power <laughs> need to that. Oh, it was um, not a good thing. No. But another example of how great things can come out of um, ashes. And yeah. uh, we have, we have our eye out for that. I want to ask you about superpowers. You have one. You mentioned, you said obnoxious. I don't, Not that I would say that. Um, I would say persistence. And also, you're really good at talking. You tell this hilarious story in the book about how you were banned from fishing with your your brothers, right? And your dad. That's right. Because they said you scared the fish. Right. But there's like a little line after that story where you say, well, eventually that gifting allowed me to be the spokesperson for very large companies and they paid better than fishermen anyway. So it's so great. I love that story. But I would love for you to talk to our audience about how you find your superpower. Well, it's not that hard. Well, it's interesting. You, For me, talking mm-hmm. to other people, like the people who know you best. I can remember um, talking about this concept with my sister. I'd gone to one of those spiritual gifts, you know, find your sure. spiritual gift thing. And that can be helpful. You can do that. And so I told her, you know, my my spiritual gift is, um, I think, is being really good with grocery coupons. Well, you know, let's think more broadly, because if being what is being really good with grocery coupons? I'm not sure. What are the skills that that involves? Well, maybe putting together a puzzle. And she said, actually, as your sister, I think your gift is that you like to help people. So superpower is something as broad as right. you like to help people. And so when you look at it, when you stand back 35,000 feet and ask people to give you a little bit of reflection, that can apply to a lot of things. Um, I talk about the idea of someone who might be a corporate trainer. So they say, okay, I'm a telecommunications trainer. Well, back up. If you back up a few steps, you ultimately get to, you're really good at communication. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if you're really good at communication, that you have a lot more possibilities of ways to help people. Mm-hmm. So I never would have anticipated, Kim, that I didn't even know companies hired a spokesperson. Talkers. Right. Or spokesperson. I've I was spokesperson, I don't mean to brag, <laughs> for Uniroyal Tire. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mic drop. Well I done. talked about how to save money by checking your tire pressure. I wish I was making this up, but this is the sad truth. And awesome. I would do 35 interviews in a row with local news shows wow. about how to check your tire pressure. And they paid you. Really well, which is why I did it. <laughs> I'm shameless. That's awesome. I think the boy, I love that because, first of all, I probably should check my tire pressure, but also I love that because. I took, it took a long time for me to do that 35,000 foot view in my own life. So this speaks to me because I was looking at disparate things that I enjoyed doing and even things that I was kind of good at, but it took me a while, long time to back up all the way to be able to say, oh, these are all connected by, I love to encourage people that makes that floats my boat. And I've done it in a bunch of different lanes that always felt like they were very disconnected. They're completely connected. And my guess is our listeners have that same thing, but you have to back up a little bit instead of looking at the job description, kind of move back to say, well, what is making your heart beat faster? What's the thing about the job that is encouraging to you or that makes you feel more like yourself? So you do that so well, even with tires. Okay. I'm just going (laughs) to say it. I helped um, so many people with their tire pressure. You did just now tonight, today, me. I'm going to go check mine right after this. Okay. I have a question about teams and leadership, Stephanie Nelson, because you did mention in your first leadership endeavor that maybe it was harder for you to get people to join the club um, and give you, you their You should have money. elections. You okay. should have elections. <laughs> it should be a democracy. Okay. That's one thing. But as you have grown, I know a lot of people can identify with this. You know, we start with this little idea. The idea grows. We want to do, we want to do justice to the idea. And at a certain point, you cannot do all the things. And so you need to invite people into that with you, people who have gifts that are different than yours. I'm wondering, this is a two-parter. How do you lead well, right? What you have now is not what it began as in 20 years ago. So how do you lead well? What are some things you can help us with? And then also, what have you had to learn in the leadership sphere that maybe did not come naturally to you? Well, two very good questions. I think it's the same answer. One is the most important thing that I experienced was uh, humility with people and really recognizing and appreciating and taking the time. Sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, you're moving so quickly, you just right. want to pay people to handle things. But if you don't stop and really treat people like people and appreciate them, then they're not going to enjoy what they're doing. If they don't feel like a part of the success, why do they want to do it? So I actually wrote, there are some women on my team who've been with me for 17 years, 18 years. Um, and I wrote about him in the book. And, I, you know, maybe the reader is like, I don't even know this person. Why am I reading about him? Because you know what? We could all be like right. that. Like they have not, they've never been in the limelight and they have done the most tedious, the hardest job for 17 years. Um, okay. So that's also my greatest weakness, slowing down to stop and not take people for granted. It is so easy to take people for granted. And gosh, none of it would have happened without those people. It would be nothing. I'd be out there 
doing the interviews about it with nothing to deliver if these people weren't running our website. So um, I have had to learn. Um, Yeah, I have had to learn to slow down and to really take the time to appreciate people. I haven't always done it well, but it's what I aspire to. That's great. Um, One person who appreciates you is Oprah. Oh, I don't know. And I want to, I just, this is, I did snort laugh. I'm going to read your words to you. Oh no. This is when you were on Oprah and she, you were taking a photo afterwards. Okay. You wrote, she put her hand around my waist and pulled me close, then squeezed my waist twice. I counted. Then she turned to me and said, nice abs. If you're a man, stick with this story for a little longer. If you're a woman, there's no need to explain. As far as I was concerned, God could take me right then. It would never get any better than this. Stephanie Nelson, Oprah Winfrey likes your abs. How does that feel? Well, the point of that chapter. <laughs> I I'll know there's it. a great point. We'll get to it. But <laughs> Oprah likes your abs. You I know what? Wouldn't it be story. so great? To have the kind of influence where you could make someone so happy. Seriously. Just by squeezing their waist and saying nice Two abs. Two words. Two nice words. abs. Amazing. Oh my gosh. I have told that story for 15 years. <laughs> I was so, I was like, I wanted to say, here she says nice abs. You know what popped in my head? And thank goodness I didn't say it. Nice multi-billion dollar <laughs> enterprise you have. Empire. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, gosh, you can have the ass. Can we try? Can we trade? My gosh. I said, Oprah probably went on to say in the course of a day, she probably said 10,000 more words. Right. And those are the only two being written about 15 years later. Right. So the power of our words, how you can gift people and how you can just try to be aware of how our words can hurt. We know that. But how easy it would be to say kind words. Mm. And and if you're, especially if you're Oprah. So she didn't, I mean, I <laughs> probably overthought it. But I think that she really said, here's this ordinary, it, it was non-celebrity day. Yeah, uh, everybody right. was on the show that day. There were no celebrities. There were you didn't have to people. get in line behind Tom Cruise for your photo. You just no. waltzed in. Got it. I got it. That's so but anyway, awesome. so yeah, I'm a huge Oprah fan. And when I wrote the book, the editor said, okay, we need to limit the number of times you tell Oprah stories because she just, and so I was limited to like three. Okay, but I had come a on. I only read one. That's the fully fleshed out Oprah story. There are other Oprah stories. There is one. I'm going to tell you one tell more me. just to yes. show you how, how nice this woman is. First of all, she is truly, I've had very limited time with her, maybe six minutes, but truly kind. So we are sitting. I can't believe that I get to sit on the stage with her. They came, her TV, her production crew came to my town, Atlanta, the weekend before. They did a shopping trip in the grocery store. They said, you know, you're not going to be on the show. but we're going to make we'll this video okay. and have my website on it. That's fine with me. Oh my gosh, this is everyone's dream. And so they make this great shopping video. They go back to Chicago and they call me up the night before and they say, okay, we want to have you on. The oh night before. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I'm going to go buy a new outfit. They said, no, don't buy a new outfit. We want you to regular mom. You're not like the owner of a company. You're just a regular mom. I'm like, I mean, I would be a platypus if they asked me to be. So, okay. So 
I jump on the plane, have my regular shirt. And, um, and so right before the video starts, they have you go up and sit on the stage. Now the video is playing. So no one can see me and Oprah sitting there. And in one part of the video, I'm showing you how to buy a chicken. It's on sale. It's the coupon. The chicken's like two bucks. Oprah Winfrey leans over to me and she whispers, did they just say you got a chicken for $2? I said, yes. And she said, was that with a coupon? And I said, yes. And she said, because I've never got a chicken for $2. And I wanted to say, Oprah, when's the last time you bought a chicken? I don't mean to, but I didn't I say that. to nitpick, but do you often go to get your own chicken? Oh, I, but, I, I don't think so. But you know what? She was just trying so hard to be regular totally. and nice. You know, and she grew up like a normal person. She knows that chickens aren't two dollars. So that right. is a great story. Good job just having the presence of mind. I have a horrible habit when I meet people that I admire of weeping. So that would have not worked for me. She would have said, Was that a two dollar chicken? I'd be like, I remember talking about that one episode when we learned <laughs> together. Oh, my mother's a huge Oprah fan. And my mother called me in advance and I'm a huge hugger. And she said, honey, do not hug Oprah Winfrey. Oh, just no, no. I've been thinking about it. Just hold her two hands and thank her. So I did. But I accidentally said, I love you, which is so stupid. But it's like the crying thing. I couldn't help it. I'm like, mom, you didn't tell me not to say I love you. Hey folks, just a quick interruption here to let you know about another podcast you might enjoy. My friend Bob Goff and I host The Writing Room, a place where authors talk shop. Whether you are a writer yourself, or you're just curious about how in the world an idea ends up with a barcode, The Writing Room is a place where we talk about all things books. Neither Bob nor I are really into secrets, so we pull back the curtain on how we go about writing and how to have some fun along the way. We would love for you to join us on the adventure. The Writing Room is available on all your favorite streaming platforms and airs nationally on K-Love Radio. And now, back to the conversation. Now that you are 20 years into this, how do you measure success these days? How do you decide? That is such a good question. And this is what I try to tell everyone now. You know, it's, everything's easy when you're older. Everything, mm. I mean, perspective is easier. Yeah. It's a lot harder to, you know, like move around. But Joints, right. Joints, yeah, running. I can't run anymore. But to me, the way I measure success now is what I hear from people. Like I've had a couple of emails that, yeah, made me cry. Um, you can't, I always say in God's kingdom, his economy is different. It's so easy for us. Like I used to measure success by how many clicks on my website or um, how much money did it make? Or how many, now, today there was, this is so old. We didn't even have Instagram or Facebook when yeah. I started my website. So now it's all about followers and likes and we all know the pressure of that. And but here's the thing, each of those likes, each of those followers is an entire life. So if you're impacting an entire life with this little thing you love to do anyway, you're just thankful that someone's using it. You don't expect that it would have that much of an impact. So 
to me, yeah, it fills me. It fills me when I get emails or calls. And in fact, that's why we haven't talked about this, but I'm going to do a shameless plug for this. I'm doing this Imagine More project. That was my next question. Okay. Because the joy for me is in connecting with the people. And so now at this point in my life, you know, we sure we want copies of the book to sell. That would be great, especially for the publisher. They were nice to do this deal. But what I really want is I want to meet dreamers. So if somebody reads the book and they say, hey, I have this special thing I like to do, but maybe you're like me 23 years ago where I didn't have any extra money, but you have this idea. 23 years ago, I, I was eating my yogurt and on the lid of the yogurt, was an essay contest for people who were starting charitable initiatives. And the prize was $1,000. And so I wrote an essay and I got the prize and I felt like I won a million dollars, but it was more than the money came. It was Mm -hmm. the fact that this big company thought my idea meant something. And that gave me a little spurt. So we're taking all the, the publisher was kind enough to give me an advance. They give you money for books and we're using all of it to give grants to people, one mm. to $2,000 grants to help people get started. But also we have a Facebook group and I really have this dream that we're going to have this imagine more group, like maybe 50 people or a hundred people who are all starting cool things to encourage each other to do Zoom workshops, you know, kind of like what you guys do at the Oaks and for your workshops and your Zoom calls and your coaching. You know, how can we, and that's something I can do at this age. I can like breathe into other people's dreams where I can send them a little bit of money and I can hopefully encourage them. Bring them on. Oh, I love that. I love that. So how do people find out more about Imagine More? Well, I have a my name, stephanienelson.com and there's a tab that says Imagine More and we have a Facebook group you can join and we have an application. It's an essay. Um, yeah, I want to hear about your dream. and. It's just, you know, the Imagine More Project. We don't have a board. This is just me at my kitchen table. I know I'm going to be crying over these applications. I don't know. I like that. I don't know if I'm going to say no to anyone, to tell you the truth. How do you say no to someone? I'm probably not. My husband's going to say, where'd all our money go? Well, here's the thing, thing. honey. (laughs) I love that so much. So yeah. You will be able to convince him you're a very persuasive person. And it's a very, that's a very noble cause. Um, okay. One last question before I ask the question I ask everyone. My last non-everyone question is, are you physically able to buy anything full price, Stephanie Nelson? Oh after gosh, the work that is done? such a good question. It's, um, oh, <laughs> there's a sometimes, pause. <laughs> sometimes, no. but I, I can, I can talk myself and, but it is the talking myself into okay. it. Yeah. But also, I'm just going to tell you, you can pretty much find a coupon for anything. Oh, <laughs> you can, you can. So, <laughs> but, but there are times where I, you know, I stand in the grocery store and I'm like, seriously, $5.99 for organic strawberries. Yeah. Highway robbery. Okay. But you know what? I like them. So I, I, I do. I, get I force it. myself to get them. I just bought a $5 bag of Faro. I love Faro and I oh, love that. I but what so hard. a coupon for that. How am I supposed to know? And also, can you do it for me? Well, there you go. Well, okay. Shameless plug. <laughs> I just have to say, people do not be afraid of coupons. Here are the two things. Okay. I'm going to make it super easy for you. Okay. If you don't already know this, you probably do. But if you don't. I don't. 
download your grocery store app. It has all kinds of digital coupons. Just use digital coupons, number one. Okay. Number two, use the cash back offers on the app Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. They do not pay me like the Uniroyal people do. I okay. just happen to like their app. And uh, between cash back and coupons, with just a couple of clicks, you're not cutting anything out. You're not embarrassing oh, yourself to, to me. Uh-huh. It all happens mm-hmm. automatically. You're going to save, I don't know, I saved $38 the other day. What? On yeah. groceries? So then, I, then I can afford the organic strawberries. You yes. See and a pair of earrings. That's a thing. Are you couponing outside of the grocery store or is this a grocery store only experience? Oh, absolutely. Oh, um, I hate to brag, <laughs> but I just got a whole bunch of $400 of Land's End towels for what? $15. What? Because here you go. Okay. I went on Land's End. I like the towels. I use the 40% off coupon code. So always search for a coupon code, type okay. in Google Land's End coupon code. Okay. Then I got free shipping. And then I used my Discover card award reward points yeah. to get an online gift certificate for Land's End. If you get online, you get an extra 20% in points. That's now amazing. I'm down to $15. Okay. I like the towels. That's the thing. Well, we start there. Um, My husband, first of all, you may never, ever, ever have a conversation with my husband. I forbid (laughs) it. He already has a problem with this. When we first got married, he would buy, and he still does. I don't, I don't condone him going really anywhere um, retail anymore because he buys things we do not need. Okay. okay. Because they're cheap. And I know you would not, I know you won't be a bad influence in this. Um, he's gotten a little bit better, but I don't want you ever to talk to him unless I'm there to be able to say to him, did you hear how she said she already wanted the towels? I'll need to be a diplomat if you don't you have to. Well, if I had a dollar for every husband who has come up to me and said, could you please get my <laughs> wife to do this? I always say, oh, no, it has to be her idea. Also, you can. Dan, Stan, yeah. Yeah, they, Frank. They, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Kevin, okay. but who's, who's sharing names? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, before I let you go, I would love to ask you a very nerdy question, which I ask all of our guests to answer, and that is thus. If you could recommend a book that you have recommended over the years, over and over again. It could be a very old book, but something that you find yourself returning to over and over. And then is there a book or a album or any sort of other thing that you're excited to consume in the near future? This is the book nerd question. I am an avid reader. I love to read. I am always reading three different kinds of books over the course of a day. Fantastic. The book that I buy by the case that I give everyone who comes into my house is Bob Goff's book, Love Does. Okay, great. And I always say, you have to read the foreword of that book. Okay. The foreword of that book was written by his good friend and it describes him to the T. (laughs) And uh, a book I've read recently that I just love that I tell people about is David Brooks' book, called The Second Mountain. Mountain. I have it behind me. Have you read it? Did you love that book? I loved it. I loved it. Everyone needs to read it. It really is so good. I'm so glad you told me this. I actually got that book for Mark for a gift and it takes him on average four years to read the books that I purchased for him. So usually I read them first, but I've heard wonderful things about that book. Yeah. 
And okay, can I do three? Just one more. Um, There's a new book that just came out that is co-written with Oprah and Arthur Brooks. It's called a build a life you want. Okay. And he he heads up a department at Harvard. Okay. And this is not the right name of the department, but for lack of it's paraphrased the happiness department. Okay. The how to be happy department. Okay. And have it's, that at it's Harvard. true okay. research, it's scientific research, and yeah. it's a fabulous book. Okay. Oh, wait a second. Did I forget to say imagine more? Do what you love, discover we- your potential. <laughs> That also is on your nightstand. I think you've read that one. I have as well. It's a great book. Thank you for joining me to talk about it. Thanks so much. It was so great to talk to you. And I'll see you with the oak sometime. Okay, great. I'll be there. And I will automatically know that you will um, either start a podcast, begin a venture, uh, do a new business. And by the end, you'll have all 30 of us signed up to participate. (laughs) It's your superpower. (laughs) So good to talk with you, Stephanie Nelson. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Did you see how she went right into her natural bent there at the end? Towels for cheap and then cheaper when Stephanie Nelson gets a hold of them. I just love that. And I love her reminder that what we love to do is put into us on purpose and for a purpose. Coupons that end up feeding hungry people. Yes. She has just single-handedly redeemed the Costco mailer for me. Make sure to find Stephanie on social media and let her know you loved hearing from her. And if you have another extra minute, I would so appreciate a kind review of For Real. Only seconds from you can live forever in the podscape. Please, and thank you. And I owe you a big hug and a fruit basket. That's all for today, but come back soon because we're cooking up more fun things around here. No coupon needed. (laughs) See that? (laughs) Savings humor. Like dad humor, only more fiscally responsible. See you next time. And I can't wait. For Real. For Real.